Get yourself hydrated, bitch. It's coffee. It's dehydrating me, but it's making my brain wake up. What's oh. up? One, two, nine. That's the episode we're on. Hi. Welcome to I'm Sorry What the Podcast. <laughs> this this is Amanda. That is Christina. And we are on episode 129. 129. 129. How's it going? 129. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Is that a cope? <laughs> it's all Christina's going to say. Like, I'm Groot the rest of the episode. 129. One, two, one, Do you have a story? 129. 129. <laughs> uh, what's up, girl? How you doing? When you getting your nose flushed? I don't know, man. I haven't heard back from the doctor yet. I was gonna say Brandon just had the exact same thing done, and he—they're like, "Oh, you know, you should be good to go after a couple days." And he was out for the rest of the week. Did they? Did he do balloon or did they do like? The they power full? washed it. Oh. They didn't break anything. Didn't do. They went up and cleaned out. Oh no! Almost the exact same thing as you. Um, scar tissue and something else for a week he was out for well he also has the job where he's like bending down and stuff has his hands up here or he's bending down so he's having issues with bleeding oh Um, so maybe if i'm just sitting i'll be fine yeah you might be okay and he said he he had like a sinus headache for a few days okay Um, but chris they like sent him home because he tried to go back to work and he just kept starting to bleed and not being able to stop because he kept having to like stretch up with his arms up and then like be all, all right. bent down and all right down. you need to do to get blood you. everywhere you need to leave yeah exactly <laughs> well and, and like he was and then he was like super lightheaded he was bad enough to where they um sent him home chris brought his truck home and one of his co-workers drove him home okay and then uh he I guess yesterday because he got it done on Monday and yesterday was his first day that he didn't take like any of the pain meds that they sent him home with he just started doing the ibuprofen and whatever and he said it's working pretty well I'm feeling pretty good so it was only like four or five days that he Mm -hmm. was to the point of like not not okay with normal stuff so he should be back now but he tried to work I think two times Chris said and then they ended up sending him home both days (laughs) he was feeling fine enough that he could go to work it's just his he he couldn't stop bleeding yeah it was the bleeding and then like his headache would get really bad when he was like all the blood was rushing to his head and stuff but yeah yeah, so 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 it shouldn't be too crazy because you don't have blood issues like if i did it i'd be bleeding for two weeks um that's not true i'm anemic so anemic are you very anemic are you super anemic i don't know they just did blood work on me and my hemoglobin was way down so hemoglobin i don't know my body's doing weird shit right now it's rejecting the internal stitches on my foot fantastic so it's literally pushing them out through the incision so you have like a bulge happening i'm getting like abscesses i was gonna say assist happening yeah and then (laughs) and then it pushes out like a little frayed blanket and i gotta cut them off (laughs) just hanging out hello i'm here so that's cool that's my new <clears throat> that's exciting how fun and he's like basically your body's saying you're allergic to the internal stitches and i'm like cool dude you're like me we're getting old and we're starting to develop all these allergies that we haven't 
my body's my body's falling apart it's fine it's like it's nothing okay. new <laughs> i'm pretty i'm pretty sure so you know how i did like the food intolerance thing Mm-hmm. and like wheat and rye and all that stuff for like brewing beer was on there and I was like uh that's fine like I can deal with a tummy ache once in a while when I have mm-hmm. a beer or two pretty sure I'm like allergic to one of those like straight up allergic to it because I like hive out now mm. with you know beer my thing cool. I like Amanda's just gonna have to start switch to tequila I well so I tried the the truly margarita mm-hmm like things because I'm like I don't necessarily want to like just mix up my own margaritas all the time if we're having drinks like a drink at night and so I tried those oh they're so good there's a mango chili one and it's right up my alley nice so that's good and they're only like 100 calories or something so they just have to become a basic white bitch Uh at least I must spicy white bitch with your, the margarita and the chili your body's telling you to stop trying to be a hipster and I'm not trying to... to be a hipster it's just <laughs> fucking delicious i know people don't like ipas i just love a good strong beer like a double ipa and then i get all itchy and blotchy and chris will be like have you been scratching your neck i'm like no he goes you're breaking out <laughs> do you need an antihistamine yeah <laughs> You need to pop a Benny. <laughs> so I'm like, if I, exactly. I'm like, so if I'm having to take antihistamines just to drink the beer, maybe it's not worth it. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll just should, switch. Maybe I should stop drinking beer. <laughs> uh, good golly, Miss Molly, huh? Good golly, Miss Molly. Oh, I miss Molly. I miss oh, you. Molly. Oh, I'm also supposed to tell you. Supposed to tell you from Chris that he misses your stupid face. Ugh, miss his stupid face. <laughs> it's like tell Christina I miss her stupid face as I was leaving because I woke up and came down here. Mm. I miss <laughs> your stupid face, Chris. Chris. <laughs> Chris. 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 <laughs> I'm busy. I'm busy. You stupid <laughs> dick. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> oh, I just friends. Mhm. Mhm. That's like the movie that made me fall in love with Ryan Reynolds. It's it's a good one. <laughs> He's just so funny. <laughs> uh, do you got a story? I do. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like we say that every episode. Like we go. That's like, like our thing now. Hey. You got a story? Hey, yeah. Do you want to hear it? No. Actually, that's why we're fucking here. Let's just move on. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to tell you about Sierra Catherine Joffin. Okay. She was... It's sad. So Okay, okay. good. Great. All I ever wanted. That's why I did a light one this week. Because I was like, you know what? I I think Christina's just going to go real sad. I'm going to go real sad. Um, she was born in Sylvania, Ohio in February, uh, on February 11th of 1996. And her parents were Sheila and Tom Joffin. She graduated from Evergreen High School in 2014. And then she enrolled at the University of Toledo uh, for human resources management. Okay. And so she was very like kind and caring. Everybody loved her. Um, she had a steady boyfriend whose name was Josh and they had been dating for, it was like her cousin's friend 
that they had met. So she had, they had known each other for like their entire lives and they had been dating for like a very long time. Okay. Um, they were talking about getting married. Uh, so she decided to do her last year of schooling at her home in Sylvania. So I don't know if she was doing it online or if she was like, commuting or okay. whatnot. Um, but she was living at home and finishing her last year of school. So on July 19th, 2016, she had told her mom that she was going to, um, she had just bought a bike at a garage sale and she was going to ride her bike to her boyfriend's house. Um, and he, the, they, they live in like a rural Ohio town. So it was kind of like small town, cornfield, small town. Right. Um, and so she was out on like a County road. Okay. To ride to her boyfriend's house, who was a little bit on the outskirts of town. Makes so, sense. Totally have done stuff she, like that. Oh, yeah. And she she was telling her, she told her mom and her boyfriend that it was her exercise for the day. There you go. So she was going to start riding her bike for, like, exercise. And so she decided she was going to ride from her house to his house as, like, I think it was, like, a mile or two miles just as, like, right. the exercise for the day. Right. So her mom called, when her mom came home at, like, 1030, she said she, like, came around the corner and she was always used to having Sierra's light on in her bedroom. Uh-huh. And tonight she didn't. So she's, like, maybe she already went to sleep or maybe she's downstairs or something. So she goes in the house and she's not there. And she first was going to start calling her, but then she was like, she's 20 years old. It's 1030. Like, right. She's maybe just still at Josh's house. Right. It's you know, not, I'm not going to worry about it. It's okay. That is until Josh called her. So Josh called uh, her mom, Sheila, and was like, I'm trying to get a hold of sierra but her phone keeps going to voicemail and i can't get a hold of her i wanted to just make sure that she'd gotten home okay and just talk to her and he's like Uh. and her mom was like well she's not here so they immediately called her aunt and her aunt and her mom and josh her dad wasn't really in i watched a documentary and they didn't really say anything about her dad and they didn't really say anything about it in any of the articles so i'm not really sure okay her dad wasn't in the picture but it was like her aunt and her mom kind of were like her two main support people. Oh, can you imagine just like getting that phone call? And I like, immediately uh, was like, what if this was Alex? Like, or like well, Tessa or like. That, and then like, like the boyfriend being mm-hmm. like, I can't get a hold of her. And mom's like, yeah, she's not here. I thought she was at your house. Yeah. And he's like, no, she left. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So they immediately started looking and calling all our friends, calling all the hospitals around. They couldn't hear anything. They immediately also contacted the police who, despite Sarah being adult, took her mother's word that this was not like her mm-hmm. and immediately began a missing person search. Well, and I think especially when the adult is living at home and then the person that they were with is like yeah nope they also you know there's so many people Mm -hmm. there that's like no it's not like her to do that she legitimately just goes there comes back that's always what she's done never expected anything else oh oh my gosh I'm I don't know why it's getting to me today I think I'm still reeling from last week and so uh hence my my lack of grit in the one that I have but man my heart okay go ahead so so Josh told police that at approximately 6 45 p.m 
Sierra was riding her bicycle home from her boyfriend's house. So from his house. And he rode like his motorcycle slowly alongside her until County Road 6 near Metamora, which is like, I think it was like half a mile from her house. So it's like the the country blocks. Yeah, basically. Okay. And he rode it, his motorcycle there, and then they stopped and he was like, well, I'll just follow you all the way home. And she was like, no, it's fine. It's not that far. You don't need to come all the way. Just not a big deal. And so he turned around and went home and she continued on towards her house. And that was the last he saw her. Her guy, that also has to be shitty. Like I should have just ridden with her home and then ridden back by myself. Right. I shouldn't have been like, okay, that's fine. And left her. Yeah. I mean, it was still daylight out. It wasn't like it was night and it was, you know, and it's just, it seems like it's one of those things that in his gut, he felt like he needed to. And then he went against his gut instinct because she was like, no, it's fine. And then now this is what's happening. Exactly. (laughs) Poor thing. So early in the morning hours of July 20th, Jocelyn's bicycle was discovered several rows into a cornfield near she was where she was last seen. So they were out driving, the police were out driving and they had spotlights and one of the cops saw like a bunch of corn bent down. And so he, he like, was like, well, that's kind of weird. I'll pull over and kind of investigate further. And there were also signs of a struggle along with a motor motorcycle tracks through the corn. So it was noted by the County Sheriff that the bike was also propped up with the blood on the handlebars as well (gasps) as the seat. And it was like sitting up with like the kickstand. So it was, which is a feat in a soft cornfield, by the way. Right. So it was obvious that somebody had pushed it Mm -hmm. and propped it up, not just like she'd gotten hit by a car and it flung into the road or something like that. Like someone brought it in there to hide it. The end. Right. Several items also that did not belong to Sierra were discovered near her bicycle, including a pair of men's sunglasses, which tested positive for male DNA, a screwdriver, and a box of automotive fuses. Like they it's had kind of random. Like they had fallen out of something or right. Yeah. But like so I wonder how big the box was. Could it have been like something that he had like in a pocket or Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. Weird. Okay. Just a random detail that I'm like, what? Okay. So as the day wore on and word of Sierra's disappearance spread, a man that had driven County Road 6 the previous evening contacted police. He had said that he and his son were driving on the road and they stopped because they noticed a motorcycle helmet laying on the road. They looked around for a bike or a person perhaps that had crashed, but saw nothing and put the helmet in the back of their truck and went on about their day. Okay. The helmet, when police investigated it, clearly had bloody handprints on it. And to the police, it appeared to look like it had been used to hit someone or something. So like that was so like a bludgeoning. Yes. Okay. Uh, With the assistance of the FBI, they made efforts to track Sierra using her Fitbit tracker and smartphone. Nice. It returned a signal several miles from where her bicycle was located, but it didn't really produce any. They couldn't like narrow it down to like one location right it was kind of just like a general space right so at first sierra's boyfriend was questioned and like looked at because understandable ridden driven a motorcycle when he said he was driving a motorcycle with her 
um, and there were motorcycle tracks and a motorcycle helmet found, but they exactly. were able to locate his helmet and they did find like a Carhartt coveralls covered in blood in his truck, but he used those for hunting? deer hunting. I was yes. going to say hunting overalls. Yes. I've seen them. So um, they immediately were able to determine that that was animal blood and he was no longer a, sus- a suspect. Right. So they then turned to looking at sex offenders and felons in the area, and they came upon James D. Worley. He was born in Tacoma, Washington, graduated from Evergreen High School in Metamora, Ohio in 1978. He worked various jobs in Toledo as a farmer in Delta and as a ground crew member for several county fairs. Uh, he wasn't very bright. He he had a 1.59 GPA when he graduated. Um, And he attributed that to a lot of marijuana that he smoked. The marijuana. I was just high all the time. Yes. So I don't even remember going to high school. (laughs) However, in July of 1990, Worley ambushed a young woman, Robin Gardner, while she was riding her bike in White House, Ohio. He struck her with his truck, got out of the vehicle, struck her on the head, then placed her in handcuffs. He then held a screwdriver to her throat and stated, I'll kill you if you do not stop screaming. I'm sorry, Orly. I'm sensing a pattern here. Yes. He then attempted to force her into the vehicle, but she was able to escape and was picked up by a passing motorist. That's good. He was arrested and convicted of abduction charges and sentenced to four to 10 years in prison. With the possibility of parole, he served three years in prison for the crime before he was released early by his own, like, he was just released early, basically, on good behavior. He returned to prison in 2000 when he was convicted of growing and selling marijuana. (laughs) What a guy. Uh, And possessing weapons while on disability, both felonies at the time. He was released two years later in 2002. Uh, after his second release from prison, he started a small business at his home and was licensed as a trailer transporter. Okay. Whatever that is. So at the time of Sierra's disappearance, no one in the community was aware that a violent sexual offender was living in their neighborhood. Oh, really? He wasn't like Mm -mm. on a registry or anything? Nope. Wow. Okay. So Worley had lived under two miles away, told them his motorcycle had broken down in the area and that he had lost items of the same description as those at the crime scene. Okay. But he also stated that he had discovered two bicycles in the corn, one he took and that it would have his fingerprints on it, but he commented that he didn't steal anything or kill anyone. That's a weird... So basically, he described himself as being at the crime scene, in the crime scene, but not actually having committed the crime. He's like, yeah, I mean, I was there i did drop some of my stuff there was another bike i took that bike but the other one i left because mm-hmm. it was just like too bloody for me so i was <laughs> like whatever i'll leave um and also this is exactly what i did years before mm-hmm. but let's not think about that too hard right oh my god okay another so- witness in the area described seeing a passenger van driving at a high rate of speed through the area and they gave the police a license plate number Uh um the license plate was discovered to be registered to warley uh, who had been convicted and sentenced like i said for assaulting a woman uh based on that information investigators obtained a search warrant for his property good good fuck oh in the in the dot in the show i was watching they actually had video of them as they were searching and you could hear him talking and basically 
as they were, they searched his whole house. They searched like some, all the outbuildings and things like that. And as they were getting closer and closer to the outbuilding barn, he was getting more and more agitated, like pissed off about people like being on his property and he didn't kill anyone. And Okay. So upon searching the barn at Worley's property, uh, he, like I said, he got increasingly agitated, agitated. They entered an outbuilding where they were concerned with how neat the interior of the barn appeared to be, as opposed to like the rest of all of his property, which was like kind of like junky and shitty right it's like Um, did you just clean this by chance the hay was stacked like very neatly the ground Mm. was like raked and like as if they had he had cleaned it um as they moved a bale of hay they found like a large box and it was made out of like chicken wire and old wood and it was a very large box hidden in the hay and so they, Ugh. the cops immediately were like, oh, fuck, are we going to find a body in here? So almost like a crate, like a mm-hmm. big wooden crate. Okay. Yes. Uh, but they opened it and they found several pairs of women's underwear, like in labeled and in bags. Dude, what? And okay. that Worley claimed they were all brand new and they were presents to give his girlfriends when they came out. I just bagged they- up these new underpants, underpants. <laughs> Why are they in a barn under a pile of hay then? <laughs> Where did these panties come from? Right. Um, upon closer inspection, it appeared, though, that a pair of purple underwear had blood on it. And they were there were also different restraints in the box. Dude, what the fuck? Uh, they also found traces of blood on Worley's motorcycle, as well as zip tie restraints and ski masks in his truck okay not looking great so at this point they basically just tore apart the barn uh they found a hidden room with a bed in the center like a blow-up bed in the center okay uh he claimed that he was trying to start a porn filming business so you have underwear for all your girlfriends and you're also trying to start a porn business and that, that was just his starter setup okay they also, under all the bales of hay, found like a trap door. And in that trap door was a freezer. Dude, this is a lot of effort. Like in the ground. Okay. And they lifted the lid on the freezer and it was empty. And it was, but it was lined with carpet and it smelled heavily of bleach. What yeah. the fuck? I have never heard of this before. This is <laughs> wild. He claimed, so basically when they brought him in for questioning, he had an answer for everything. The room in the back was for porn filming. The freezer lined with carpet dug in the ground beneath the hay was where he stashed his weed for selling weed. The box of (laughs) underwear. Dude, that's my underground weed freezer. (laughs) (laughs) Duh. Dude, you got a car? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what the hell <laughs> yeah so um it it was just the police were like we weren't gonna crack him because like everything he he had an answer for everything basically. right however when they basically did dna testing on like the blood and everything they found sierra's dna was found on a piece of duct tape and on an on the inflatable mattress both found in the barn they also found recording devices all over the property included from cell phone records that Worley was at the scene of the abduction for nearly two hours during the time Sierra was missing 
They also discovered that he had stated to a court-mandated therapist after his previous conviction that he learned from each abduction he had done and the next one he was going to bury. Just, uh, okay. So he was arrested on charges of abduction on July 22nd, three days after Sierra's disappearance. Uh, A spokesperson for the sheriff's office suggested that Worley fit the profile of a serial offender and that he could potentially have additional unknown victims, possibly kept at the property. But despite an exhaustive search at that time, neither Sierra nor any other human remains had been found. Okay. On the same day that Worley was arrested at around 6 p.m., a farmer discovered a mysterious mound of dirt in his field. What? He's putting everything in everybody else's fields. Mm-hmm. Police, police arrived and found the remains of Sierra along County Road 7 in Delta, Ohio, a few miles southwest of Worley's property. Okay. Her body was found intact, but she was hogtied and handcuffed and bound to the ankle, like with her hands bound to her ankles behind her. Oh my God. Okay. There was a large plastic toy in her mouth that was functioning as a gag. I don't know if it was like a sex toy. Right. Like one of those ball gags. Yes. Uh, and he had put an adult diaper on her. I hate this. So I believe that he was planning on keeping her for a while. Right. But an autopsy determined that the cause of death was asphyxiation because of the gag. So I think he killed her accidentally. Uh, well, uh, I mean, I don't. Because there was also no evidence of any sexual assault yet. Right. I don't so want to say like, it's a good thing. But I mean, if he was planning to keep her and torture her and make videos of it and right. do all these things. I. I don't know. For me, I would have rather have not mm-hmm. done all that and then died at the end anyway. Right. So her precise time of death was not determined, but they called it as the official time of death was when they found her, which was 9 p.m. Uh, July 22nd, 2016. Okay. Mm. Uh, which was when she was declared dead by medical professionals. Right. Because it was the first time she was able to be yeah but they, because they couldn't determine like when she had actually died <sighs> on august 16th 2016 he was indicted on 19 counts and was jailed without bail the charges included aggravated murder kidnapping felonious assault so assault, felony assault <laughs> felonious uh, uh, abduction tampering with evidence and abuse of a corpse At his arrangement, he entered a plea of not guilty on all charges. Prosecutors sought capital punishment for the aggravated murder charge. Uh, The prosecution alleged that Worley had watched pornography up until the crime was committed, as evidenced by his web browsing history. He then ambushed Sierra after encountering her on County Road 6, struck her in the head with his motorcycle helmet, possibly knocking her unconscious and leaving DNA evidence on the helmet. Mm-hmm. And then waited in the cornfield until it was dark. During this time, he called his brother to tell him his motorcycle had broken down, but prosecutors alleged he was actually next to Sierra in the cornfield when he placed the call. So she was he was literally hiding with her in the cornfield, unconscious body. Uh, I hate he, him. Right. I know. I hate him. He then rode his motorcycle back home, less than five miles away, drove his van back to the crime scene, during which it was noted speeding by a witness. 
and transported her back to the barn on his residence. There, he left some of her bloodstained clothes and physically assaulted, hogtied, gagged her with a plastic toy. At some point, she died from the gag, uh, which prosecutors alleged were really intended. Well, that I guess I was wrong. So they believe that he actually intended to murder, kill her with it as it was inserted with enough force to break a tooth. Oh. But to me, it I I don't think he intended to kill her. I think I it was think made probably the only way he could get it into her mouth because right. she was fighting back at the point at that point. Right. Uh he then transported her body to the cornfield close to his property, which he buried approximately two feet deep. So he denied having ever encountered Worley denied ever having encountered Sierra. His defense argued that the evidence obtained from the barn, including the underwear, handcuffs, and BDSM related items, were part of pornography studio that he had intended to on starting. He claimed that the helmet and other evidence found near Sierra's bicycle had been left behind by him before the disappearance took place when his motorcycle had broken down on the side of the road and that yeah, okay. somebody else had used those things to kill her. Dude, what was all these excuses? Mm-hmm. It was for the porn, and then somebody else did that. And I mean, yes. I was there, but not there, you know. Um, so, closing arguments for the trial concluded on March 26, 2018, and jury deliberations began the same day. He was found guilty on March 28th of 17 of the original 19 charges, including aggravated murder. Um, after jurors deliberated for a total of less than six hours. During sentencing, Worley's defense argued for a life sentence, describing him as a damaged man. Uh, Criminal psychologist Dr. John Fabian, a witness for the defense, suggested the attack was motivated by sexual sadism connected with fetish disorder. Prosecution Prosecution argued that because Worley had an average upbringing and knew the difference between right and wrong, the aggravating factors of his crimes outweighed any disorders he would have. Uh, during the second day, of, so they they have a penalty phase in Ohio courts okay. where they determine basically, it's almost like they discuss the intention to determine okay. if, especially in um, uh, like violent ex- crimes, no, oh, the, uh, death penalty, penalty. Oh, death penalty cases. They discuss intention to determine basically if he actually should have the death penalty. Right. So they have like another argument phase in front of the judge while the judge is determining the penalty. Okay. And they get to like present their cases to why it shouldn't be. So during the the second day of testimony in the penalty phase, prosecutors presented audio recordings between Worley's sister and a private investigator. She mentioned that Worley had been suspected of killing a prostitute in 2000, but was never charged because they couldn't find the body, as well as another woman in the 1970s that Worley described as the love of his life, but who was not identified and might have still been alive at the time of the interview. Prior to sentencing, he made a 40, Worley made a 45 minute statement described uh, as a rambling and disjointed statement in which he believed someone else kidnapped and murdered Sierra, leaving evidence to frame him. Uh, members of the gallery began upset, began to become upset when he started describing Sierra as a beautiful girl and other things like Just it was, don't don't even take her name out of your mouth. You don't fuck. Even, don't even don't even. Just don't even think about it. Don't even hey, don't look at it. Don't mm-hmm. even think about it. 
The jury recommended capital punishment, which Judge Robinson upheld on April 16th, 2018, stating, if I thought there was a snowball's chance in hell that you were innocent, you'd be looking at a life sentence. Uh, Additionally, Worley was sentenced to 11 years imprisonment for kidnapping, eight years for felonious assault, 11 months for possession of criminal tools, and 36 months each for tampering with evidence and having weapons under disability. Uh, He has been held on death row death row at the Chillicothe Correctional Institute. His execution date was originally set for June 3rd, 2019, uh, but was delayed in 2018 and again in August of 2018 due to appeals. Okay. In July of 2020, uh, Worley's attorneys filed a motion with the Ohio Supreme Court to overturn his original conviction and grant him a new trial, citing the government's alleged failure to prove several aspects of charges Worley's mental illness, incompetent counsel, and several alleged violations of jury and evidentiary rules. Uh, they argued that the jury in the 2016 trial was tainted due to the close-knit nature of the community, <clears throat> that potential jurors were familiar with Worley, the Joplin family, or the case itself, which made a fair trial impossible. However, that appeal was denied by the court, and the execution date of May 20th, 2025 was set for Worley. <sighs> good i so just a little update with in july of 2018 worley's delta ohio property was awarded to sierra's estate and her family had the main barn demolished Mm -hmm. Uh, a monetary settlement of 3.6 million was also reached but jocelyn's family agreed not to execute on the judgment unless the worley were to receive um like a windfall sum of money, such as winning the lottery or receiving a book right. of rights or something. Well, they're like, it's not about the money. It's more about the, just getting right. the justice and showing that he's paying for what he's done as much as possible. Right. So another thing that was fun, weird, is that in August of 2020, the Fulton County Sheriff's Department searched the Worley property again, using excavation equipment with the FBI A statement by the sheriff just stated that the investigation into Worley was ongoing, that any evidence found would be collected with assistance from the FBI, and gave no further comment. Sierra's family stated that the search was not related to her case. So I think they think he is a serial offender, and they were trying to find more information on him. Right. I mean, with all of the setup that came with... Mm -hmm. uh, with everything that he did like you would think that it wouldn't be like just a one-off kind of thing that he would do like and the fact that he's did everything pretty much outside of his property that actually had to do with the body and with the like pickup and with all that stuff it's right keep him in this freezer bleach the shit out of that get it Mm -hmm. all cleaned up get out of here like yeah I hate I just hate him and I hope that they it's just, I want him to rot in hell right now, not in mm-hmm. 2025. Anyway, right. go on. So after the murder trial, Sierra's family and other activists argued that not enough information was available to law enforcement and residents regarding convicted felons residing in their community. Mm-hmm. And if a system uh, had been in place to warn the public of offenders in their area, her murder might have been avoided. Law enforcement had stated to the family during the investigation that Worley was not on any local, state, or federal database that tracks offenders. And the family family argued that such a database being available might have resulted in Sierra being alive. Um, he wasn't on any database. Mm-mm. 
it wasn't just that he had the information hadn't been passed along. He just didn't get registered as anything. No. After it. Well, that's fucking dumb. All right. So in July of 2016, the organization Standing Courageous started by change.org started a change.org petition calling for lawmakers to establish a violent offender registry in Ohio. I think it was because he never he didn't succeed in sexually assaulting her. His, oh, like, the intent victim. doesn't yeah. necessarily put him on a like sexual registry. Right. And there's not a violent offender registry, you know? Right. So, they called for creating a violent offender registry in Ohio, gathering over 13,000 signatures. Uh, legislative efforts were made to create a database of violent offenders convicted of specific crimes such as murder, kidnapping, and abduction. There we go. Uh, intru- initially introduced as Senate Bill 67, Sierra's Law was constructed in February of 2017 uh, and presented to the Ohio State Judiciary Committee. Originally, the bill was intended to allow the public to search on a website for offenders with the qualifying convictions similar to sex offender registry. However, after several hearings where some opponents uh, argued that the bill did not protect the public and created privacy concerns, the bill was changed so that residents must visit their local sheriff's office to search, to request a search. So it's not just like a public search. They have to go in so that they're not since there could be reform in things right well like i'm convicted of murder but i did my time and i'm released back into society right and i'm living a straight straight laced life now right you know there's i mean i I get it stand but so basically there is but then the cops also now have access to this registry so if there's right. a, you know, that's the most important thing. It, I don't so think at it's, least it's something to be right. able to get to if it's in, if they're living in your county or in your state. Right. Because and if, if it's some, happened somewhere else, then you have no idea. Right. So in November of 2017, Sierra's law was introduced to the Ohio Senate as Bill 231. Sierra's mother spoke before legislators in November of 2018, urging them to pass the bill. It was passed on December 6th and signed into law by the governor on December 19th. And it went into effect as of March 20th, 2019. It's so weird to me. This is so, it's so recent, but not so recent. I keep forgetting it's 2022. Right. And that it, it isn't 2018, 2019. (laughs) Well, and I kept going, is this the case in Iowa? I had to keep reminding myself that, no, this is different. This is the one in Ohio, Uh but yeah it's just it's it's kind of just wild that i've never heard of this i know i had like never i was um watching living a nightmare on hulu Uh okay and it's basically the families telling about missing or murdered people okay so it's the families telling like the whole spiel thing but I I heard it and I'm like that's extremely interesting or and I mean it's I've never heard of this case and it's so recent and it's yeah so sad well and it's so just like chaotic Mm -hmm. like it's why and the thing was is they were up until they found her body they were operating under the suspicion that she was alive right they didn't assume they thought he had kidnapped her and was keeping her yeah so it's just, and I mean, it happened very quickly. It was it was three days. Like, yeah, 
less than three days, you know? Oh, wow. Well, good, good job telling the story. I was going to say good story and I was like, it's not a good story, story. Um, but good job telling the story. And I'm curious, we'll have to watch for updates and see if they find anything with him since Mm -hmm. just in the last year and a half, two years, they've been looking back into his property and yeah because I'm very curious I feel like it makes sense that he would have and the fact that he like was so calm and cool and had an explanation for everything Mm -hmm. and he has a history of doing it like on the books the exact same fucking thing yeah like why wouldn't he have done it more and all the panties that Mm -hmm. were in there like where are they from bud right Ooh, what a creep I totally had to look him up as you were hence Mm -hmm. my like typing I had to look him up while you were talking because I was like I need to see this guy's face and then a picture of Sierra came up and I'm like you're so cute she's so pretty and she's just just so so pretty so like small town beautiful like she looks like Mm -hmm. she could be the the dairy princess yes you know wild anyway sad it was a sad story it makes me sad it is it is luckily uh I my my stuff is not it's a little lighter it's not I mean there's still dead bodies <laughs> but I mean, there's still dead bodies it's, it is Amanda it's a lighter <laughs> um I've I've called mine uh the hoarder collective so they're hoarding a couple hoarding cases that have a little bit of a like true crimey twist like who is that kind of thing mm-hmm. right okay cut 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 let me just pull this up here quick because I I was like I need something that is a little less intense than last week and um yours was intense and made my heart hurt so you're welcome glad that I did that because if we did a double intense I might leave here and have more nightmares because I've been having a lot of nightmares over the last couple weeks here this will make you happy just read the valentine's day card Linda got me who doesn't like a little wiener on Valentine's Day? <laughs> and it's a it's a little wiener dog. <laughs> oh, Linda. All right. So I'm going to tell you a few stories about hoarders and um, some surprise twists in their house. Okay. Okay. So Brooklyn, New York, September 15th, 2016. Uh, Josette Buckman was headed to her sister-in-law Rita Wolfson's Wolfenson's house Wolfenson's uh house to get some things for her while she was staying in the hospital okay um when she entered the house she was a bit surprised it was wall-to-wall garbage and clutter and it smelled like rotting food Mm. um for whatever reason she went up to the second floor bedroom I'm assuming she was just trying like was shocked and then wanted to see if the whole house was like that you know because yeah so Rita's old um she was like if I remember correctly one of the articles I read said that she was uh starting to suffer from some dementia Mm -hmm. and so I'm sure she was just like oh you know she's really let it go over the last few years and she was Rita was estranged from her brother who was married to this woman up until like a couple years before that so like he she didn't have a lot of family connection just kind of on her own right 
So she walks up to the second floor bedroom and there she found a skeleton laying on a mattress, still dressed in jeans, a t-shirt, and even still had socks on. Just laying on a mattress. It sounds like one of the articles <laughs> said it was like a reverse, what, Bates Hotel? No. Um, uh, yeah. Misery. Misery. Or some, no, Bates Hotel. Right? Yeah. With yeah. his mom. Yeah. But anyway, so, <laughs> so she finds a skeleton uh, and obviously reports this to the police. Yeah. It's like, uh, there's like a dead human in here. And it was later discovered that this was Rita's son, Lewis. <gasps> uh, Lewis had been missing for tw- almost 20 years. What's she doing with his years. body? Uh, <laughs> well, so Lewis. Rita, excuse me, had two sons. She had one, Michael, who died in 2003. Okay. And he was 38 at the time. And then she had Lewis. And remember, this is 2016. So mm-hmm. like 13 years later. Uh, and Lewis, who would have been 49 at the time of the discovery. Okay. So it's released that Rita is legally blind. I have a feeling my face is going to be like this the entire <laughs> fucking episode. And don't don't get me wrong. Like, hoarding, I find it very interesting because of the, like, mental illnesses that are behind it and how it's like your brain is physically manifesting in front of you, basically. Um, but I always found hoarding very interesting. So I looked for some interesting cases where bodies were found in hordes. And so here we are. Uh, Lewis had died of natural causes, they found out, um, most likely because he was just a skeleton when they found him. But there was no sign of any sort of like trauma. Uh, and it, Rita seemed to be unaware that there was a dead man in her house. Totally not. So not knowing. he died and she just didn't know that she was, he was dead in her house? Mm-hmm. she thought he had she thought he had left he was missing for almost 20 years so she i'm assuming didn't go upstairs was not like either not capable or a lot of these don't have a lot of detail because they're not like cases where there's a villain you know what i mean so you yeah. don't get like the news reports or the jury stuff um so it's unclear exactly what happened to Lewis and whether or not Rita actually knew about it, considering, like I said, it seemed like she was going into dementia. So she was kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, he just left. I, I didn't even know he was dead. Didn't know that he was upstairs. And with all of the rotting food that was in there, they think that with his decay, she may have just thought it was a different rotting food mm-hmm. or been used to the smell. You know how your nose gets used to that stink when you're in like a stinky place. Like for example, last night we made garlic bread and I couldn't smell it when I was upstairs. But as soon as I went downstairs to poop and then I came back up, I was like, oh, it's very garlicky up here. <laughs> <laughs> um, she now resides in an assisted living home in Long Island. So that's that's all I got on that. So Lewis died naturally. She wasn't charged with anything, but they did she take just her living out with of- his, Just living yeah. with his dead body. Yep, she so they took her out of the house like her family did, and 
put her in assisted living because clearly she wasn't taking care of things at her house and able to take care of herself. My next story comes from Sydney, Australia. (laughs) So Bruce Roberts, uh, July 2017, was reported missing by his grocery store. Like the staff there was like, he didn't make it to his regular grocery stop a couple times. Um, so we're kind of concerned. So they called the, check. Yep, called the authorities because he was a bit of a recluse. And, you know, that was basically his only like outing. Yeah. So they asked him for a wellness check, like you said. Um, when they got there, he was found, passed away in his home, and it was filled with debris. Mm. So he clearly had just died like of natural causes and so that's not like the weird thing okay so when the executor of robert's estate uh hired a cleaning crew about a year after they got everything figured out like everything was squared away in his name Mm -hmm. he was able to put it on the market so he was planning to just clean it out and sell the house and Mm -hmm. you know go from there Um, When he hired a cleaning crew to go to the house in June of 2018, they found something unexpected. Uh, Buried underneath bags of garbage was a skeleton wrapped in a rug. Oh, no. Uh, After being investigated, they determined that this body was as had been there for as long as eight years. (gasps) Yeah. And it's believed to be the intruder. Um, they, well, I, I write that as I'm like reading the thing. So they ID'd it as an intruder named, uh, Shane Snellman. So like a skeleton. known person. He, yep, he was a known, oh. known petty criminal for B&E's, uh, low key drug selling and that sort of stuff. Uh, the police are pretty sure what happened was, so Roberts had gotten very, paranoid about in the last few years of his life had got very paranoid about security in his house so he had like Mm -hmm. a security system they think that maybe that's why the hoarding had started because he had this intruder get into his house Mm -hmm. the snellman guy and the scuffle started and snellman ended up getting killed like Mm -hmm. Get, to get him out of the house so they think that this may have been like his paranoia from that and that's where everything started started piling everything up whatever so they it's just like they just find this dead body the guy's already dead can't really do anything about it they know who both of them are mm-hmm. that's kind of the end of the story there um but the house was sold and 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 roberts like had no connection to anybody so it's not like anybody knew about this that they Mm -hmm. could go and be like you were hiding evidence like you knew about this dead body right so the house was sold at auction for two million australian dollars must have been a big house i was like i had but and they literally just demolished it to rebuild a like luxury home so i'm guessing it was on the property then just the yeah they just wanted the plot of land yeah so i'm wondering if it was just love a lot of land that came mm-hmm. with it but so that's the end of that story um i read a lot of hoarding stories over the last mm-hmm. <laughs> few days trying to find these um and it happens everywhere it's kind of wild 
So there's a lot where people are found dead in their own homes, obviously, because mm-hmm. a lot of them are reclusive and like, don't really go out and, well, and the living so they don't let people come in and the living yeah. conditions in the home cause like illnesses and shit. Um, I'm kind of, so one of the stories that I read, I'm just going to give a quick synopsis of it, mm-hmm. uh, was a story from the UK, a six year old daughter got in trouble for not reporting her mother's death because of a hoard in the home. Um, she was she was living all, all the articles said like living next to her mother's dead body so she was living with her mom so they were both hoarders yeah and f- for four years she didn't report her mom's death because she was afraid that she would get charged with elder abuse when she died because of the hoard in the house that they were living in um and and she it turns out like after all this happened and they discovered that the reason they found out that she had been living there because it was in her mom's name mm-hmm. was because they walked in and obviously found this hoard but there was a perfectly healthy well-fed parakeet in the house so someone had been feeding it it oh. wasn't like mom died and just everything stayed the way it was when she died 4 years earlier right they found this so they're like someone else has been living here figured out it was the daughter and she ended up getting charged with um failure to report a dead body or something like that something Mm -hmm. but she wouldn't have been charged with elder abuse because it was her mother's house who was deemed mentally sound enough to where she wasn't like the executor Mm -hmm. of the state or the person that was in charge of all of her decisions or anything right um so I'm just kind of curious, my my ending thought for it all was I'm kind of curious with everything getting lifted and mandates getting, things getting opened and people coming out of their houses more that were scared of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, how many people with this like delivery society that we've kind of developed into where everything gets delivered, mm-hmm. nobody even goes out for their weekly groceries trip for example oh god how many people are robbing their house yeah how many people have a house that does that has been paid off or has things like set up to where you're it's getting paid and no one knows that they've died passed away whatever because they haven't had con yeah thought amanda i well as i'm reading these i'm like oh my god the last two years you know how many people would take the advantage of the fact that they don't have to leave their house and it's not weird Mm -hmm. and then there's people that like live in houses like this what if something like a pile fell on top of you and you can't get out now you just you just die you're dead in your own home there's actual hoarder stories of that too yeah oh I know there were a few like just wild ones where they found the one that I read was this guy was reported as missing because again he didn't like come out of his house for his regular mm-hmm. stops that he did every week and so they did a wellness check and when they went in they found his dead body underneath a pile of stuff and it was too dangerous for them to get it out before they cleaned the house out so they had to clean the house out in order to get to his dead body to get it out of the house oh god because it literally was just like they sh- i looked at pictures and there's one of like a, a video editor a person that worked on like Orange is the New Black Mm -hmm. and a bunch of other things that lived in New York area. I think it was New Jersey, but in the New York area and she died in her hoard and someone called it in and they found her in this like, and it was like, things were decaying in the house kind of hoard, not just like stacked up stuff, but like 
anyway, so this guy, they, it's just so gross. Like they opened up the door and, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to like shit on people. Like I'm not Mm. saying that you're a gross person or anything, but it's just so wild to me. I can't imagine it. Mm -hmm. Um, but they opened the door and you could see the pile, like making the doorway smaller at the bottom where there's like just this maybe foot walking path, foot wide walking path. And you could see just like the piles into the house. And it was just, it's very, it's very intriguing to me because I have such a hard, it's the same reason why I like true crime. Cause I have such a hard time putting myself in a position that I could be in the mindset where I would be able to justify or be okay with it. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm like, I just, had, wow. I had- skeeved myself out so much that I had tucked my neck into my sweatshirt and I looked like (laughs) I like looked at myself and I was like okay let's uh let's sit up straight (laughs) before you like hurt your neck I know (laughs) but yeah that's that's what I got and it made me want to like look at more things there were so many so many stories of like surprise things found in hordes like that where I was like okay we're gonna stick with the ones that are surprise corpse yes yeah exactly that were semi I could like kind of twist them to make them seem like a true crimey kind of thing um the one girl did get charged with something so there's that uh listen I almost went fully historical so I might still do it because the case the the one I was reading well and here's my thought this is our fucking podcast we can tell each other whatever the fuck we want and And if you don't want to listen feel free to turn it off I mean, love you guys. Thanks for listening. But also, <laughs> but also for real, like if it's not up your alley, then. And I fine. know how you like things up your alley. So. Girl. Girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know? <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Spread the word. And spread yourselves, you you nasty little never you nasty little hobgoblins <laughs> hobgoblins oh, oh boy <laughs> bye guys bye